Hello, hello, and welcome to The Fruitful Life with Andrea Thompson. Y'all will have to excuse my voice because I have been sick recently, and although I'm no longer sick, my voice has yet to come back to its normal sound, Um, but I am thankful to not have had the flu, hallelujah, and some of these other things that have been going around. So there's always something to be grateful for uh, in the midst of of trial. Um, But today I want to talk to you about um, the kingdom. I really have had on my heart lately in general, everything that I've been studying, um, it's, it's just all been from a heart posture of going back to the basics asking God, what is the truth? Because Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth and the truth would set us free. I think that we have all fallen in the trap of uh, traditions of men that have been handed down, um, commandments of men, things that seem right to us that we never question per se. But then when you actually get into the word, you realize Um, that there's a lot of things that we have been taught directly and or indirectly um, that are not kingdom in the least. They're not biblical. Um, The more that I begin to understand how Jesus instructed us to walk as he walked, the more I understand when he said, narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be who find it. Because there's the broad path, it's just easy. You know, it, it makes logical sense. It, you don't need a whole lot of uh, brain power. And I'm not at all trying to be funny to, to be on the broad path. It's like, you know, everybody grew up saying it's not rocket science, you know, um, <laughs> that was a phrase we used to show that, you know, um, you don't have to be super smart or anything like that to do this particular thing. And it's like, I feel like that about the broad path. Like it doesn't require much of you. It really is the place where you can live your best life and still profess Jesus Christ. And it's just not the truth. It's really, really not. And even in the church, and this is, again, not a condemnation. It really is like a wow moment for me because it just shows me how easily we fall uh, away slowly. And it makes sense to me why the disciples were constantly, constantly warning the churches that like, you can fall away, you can drift away, you know, these kinds of things, because and there was so much deception, and there was so much false teaching creeping into the church. And even when I think of false teaching, I think about extreme things, at least I do, Maybe you do too. But when I think about false teaching, I think about something that is so obviously false, right? Um, I don't know what a good example of that would be. Like saying Jesus didn't come in the flesh. I think for any average Christian that was brought into Christianity through the true gospel, you would know that Jesus came in the flesh. I mean, that is a a humongous piece of, of how we came to be saved. So that to me would be something extreme and obvious. 
But the more I study, the more I read, the more I realize that false teaching was probably very simple and yet twisted perversions of the word of God. And that would make sense because it's rooted and grounded in the father of lies, which is Satan. And when we take it all the way back to the garden, it is the very same thing that he just twisted the words of God just enough to get the person he was speaking to, to question God, to disobey. And I feel like it's the same problem that we face today. And they faced it in the early church. It was these small, subtle, seemingly insignificant twists and perversions of the word of God. And I said all that to say that I firmly believe that the church has got to learn what it means to be of the kingdom. And when I say of the kingdom, I don't mean this like bumper sticker, you know, honk your horn if you love Jesus. And I have had that on my car, but like, it's, it's not that it's so not that it is the essence of it is the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. He is the one who the kingdom belongs to. And I'm convicted literally daily because we profess him as our king, you know, king of kings, Lord of lords. We sing all the songs. We and we and listen. This isn't a condemnation message. This is a like let's get convicted and let's readjust, you know. There's so many places that false teaching is creeping in to the church, even through good and well-meaning, Holy Spirit-filled, Jesus-loving people. I need you to understand that doesn't mean that they are a false teacher. There is such thing as actual false teachers that was sent from the pits of hell on assignment to lead the church astray. But there's also people in the body of Christ today that teach things both directly and indirectly. I would say mostly unintentionally and unaware that are not biblical. They're just not And if we don't learn that the kingdom and the kingdom ways, the ways of Jesus are so far from this world. And if we don't start taking it seriously and walking in them, separating ourselves from this world, we are going to completely miss the mark on what God intended. And today, for whatever reason, I want to show you that in Luke. In Luke 22. starting in verse 24. Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. Now, if this isn't such a human thing, (laughs) they're disciples of Jesus Christ. And mind you, he hasn't died and gone to the cross and all the things like they... (laughs) Bless the disciples. I mean, y'all, they're so just like us. They didn't get it. They had these epiphany moments of like, like he is the son of God, you know, kind of thing when particular things would happen, but they still did not fully get it. 
And it's like they're sitting here disputing who's the greatest among them. Like what a menial thing to dispute about (laughs) pertaining to Jesus and the kingdom of God. But I love Jesus's response. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. So I love that he goes into this kingdom realm where he's like the kings of the Gentiles. This is how they operate. They lord over them their kingship. But then he says in verse 26, but not so among you. On the contrary, if I could just say (laughs) what the kingdom of God is like in comparison to the world, it would be on the contrary. Total opposite. So he says, on the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger and he who governs as he who serves. Now, I love this in verse 27, for who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Now, the answer in the world would be he who is being served, he who sits at the table. But I love this. Jesus said, is it not? He, he tells the truth. He says, is it not he who sits at the table? In the world, is it not he who sits at the table that is the greater? But then he says, yet I am among you as the one who serves. Hear me. I don't know where in American culture we got this boasting about anointing, boasting about being the person with a microphone or the person whose platform it is when the platform belongs to God or where we got this lording it over people in one way or another, being chosen and again, being anointed and being the one who is called and so on and so forth. It's so, so gross and so opposite of the way that Jesus taught us. And this is what I'm saying. I've watched people who I know love Jesus. I've watched people who I know are Holy Spirit filled and are not evil in the least. Fall into patterns of this world. Ways that are anti-kingdom. And indirectly sometimes directly teach others to do the same. And again, if we are not careful, we will fall into submission of such things and become so spiritually arrogant, thinking that we are doing the things that Jesus instructed us to do. And he said to his own disciples, on the contrary, it should not be so among you. Because the one, the one, capital O, came to serve. 
Now, here's what's beautiful about the temporal versus the eternal. When the eternal comes, yes, we will still be serving, but the script will be flipped in the aspect of we will be served at the wedding banquet. But until then, we are to serve. There is no hierarchy system in this thing. If there was, it would be between Jesus and the Lord, our Father God. And yet and still, Jesus did not consider it to be robbery to make himself lower, to submit to the Father when they were equals. That is what is kingdom. That is what sonship and identity is. That is what meekness is to know that we have an inheritance, to know that we are sons of the living God, to know that we are royalty, a holy priesthood, and yet to take the lowly place and to serve. I'm highly, highly concerned for the church as it stands today Because the more that I study my word, the more that I see these little false perverted things creeping into the church and people thinking that that is the way. And it's not even close. I'm like, no wonder Jesus said narrow is the way and few there be who find it. Because it's so easy. It's so easy to be on the broad path. It's so easy to fall into not walking prudently and circumspectly and diligently making sure that our feet are staying upon the paths of righteousness. It takes diligence to walk this walk. It takes caution to walk this walk. It takes faithfulness and steadfastness, endurance, patience to walk this walk. And I think that that's another place that the, the church has failed as it stands today. Now, God can still restore. God can still redeem. Hallelujah. And he still loves his church as much as he did when he started it. So do not hear me wrong. I'm not interested in bashing the church of the living God. But what I am saying is we have missed the mark for way too long. And we have got to get back to being a people who know the word of God. Faith can only come by hearing the word of God. The more it gets in us, the more we are able to show the kingdom that comes without observation. People will start to take notice. There's something There's something here. There's something about you. And then we would be able, can you imagine? We would be able to say it's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come near you. Can you imagine being able to say that because you're walking so full of Christ that you're like Christ will compel people to come just through your life. I'm not even talking necessarily about evangelism. I am talking about you being so full of Christ that it's just compelling people to come. Can you imagine? I can. 
I believe that's what the early church was. Now, listen, I do believe that the early church evangelized. I mean, it's all over, you know, Acts where they purposefully went to different cities and different areas, you know, to share the gospel. But that was not all they did in the least. They weren't trying to make a bunch of converts. They discipled. Paul said, I want to see Christ formed in you. When will we get to that place where we are looking at people say, I want to say, I want to see Christ formed in you. I don't want you to stay in this shallow place in the broad path thinking that you've made it. Because, friend, that's not it. That we would be become so passionate about this thing that this is just how we talk. I'm telling y'all, people would be convicted. There would be so much more fruit than what we are currently doing with bashing people over the head with it. It sounds real good. It, it, it looks real good. It feeds our flesh, but it will bear no eternal fruit. And do you know that unity of the faith amongst believers in the body of Christ only comes when we are all on one accord in the aspect of living our lives unto God? Everybody is about the word. Everybody is studying their word. Everybody is seeking him. Everybody is loving each other. When we are all on one accord, same mind. My God, what could we do as the church? And this passage just convicted me because so easily we come away from this, so easily we get into works of the flesh, patterns of this world, and and we literally, help me, Holy Ghost, li- literally we, we sprinkle Jesus on things and think that that's going to bear any kind of fruit. It's not. I spent years in the church not even realizing that I was being taught the love of God without his holiness, without the fear of God. It did me no good, guys. It did me no good to know the love of God without fearing him. All this lopsided teaching, there's no balance in it. No one told me the importance of reading my word. No one told me you can't even fully know him without reading your word because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. That is biblical. Now I'm not, this isn't a blame game because at the end of the day, we are responsible for ourselves, but I was a babe in Christ. And all I'm saying is we are missing it on so many levels. God's eyes search to and fro seeking for him who has understanding. Will you be the one, the ones who will have understanding and seek the Lord with everything you have to say, God, help your church. God, restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Restore unto us true repentance, godly sorrow that produces life. Will you restore unto us again words that produce life, that we would be vessels so fit for the master's use that, as Jesus said, rivers of living water would flow forth from us? 
bringing life to everything that we put our hands to. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Jesus said in verse 29, and I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my father bestowed one upon me that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So again, that's that's the eternal aspect. When we get to the kingdom, he said that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. But right now, what do we do? We serve. Right now, we humble ourselves. And we follow the way he was the way. And if anybody had any right to be like, I should be the one that should be served, it would be him. Yet, he served. And I think we need some deep conviction because to think that we can have people who God, who God anointed for the purposes of the kingdom, for the purposes of guarding and protecting and feeding his sheep. The fact that we can have people like that boast about the things that God has given them and trusted them with, with no fear of the Lord tells me that we are way, way off, that our hearts have been hardened and we need to break up the fallow ground of our hearts so that God can rain righteousness on the soil of our hearts again. Oh God, may you soften our hearts. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, God, for not getting self out of the way. Forgive us, God, for trying to sprinkle Jesus on who we already are when you said you have to lose your life to gain it. Forgive us, God, for trying to skip the step where we pick up our cross to follow you and deny ourselves. Forgive us, God, for boasting about the things that you so graciously have bestowed upon us that we did nothing to earn, nor could we ever. Forgive us, God, for being out of order and making the commandments of God of no effect because of the traditions of men. Forgive us, Lord, for almost becoming enemies of the cross of Christ. For walking so far away from Christ crucified. Help us, Lord, to mature as a body and as individuals to get on the same page and all of us to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ.
to walk in the narrow way that leads to life. To walk worthy of the calling. To walk as a people who are citizens of heaven, who are seated in heavenly places, who look forward to a city that is not built with hands, with man's hands, the city of the living God. We need the spirit of wisdom and revelation, God. We need you to enlighten our understanding, as Paul said, to know what it is that we have been given so that we can steward it properly, God. I ask you today, Lord, for the ancient paths, for us to return to the ancient paths, the things that breed life and life abundantly. I pray, God, that you would remove every stain of the world that is upon your people, that you would remind your people that to be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God, that there is nothing in the world that is profitable to us that belong to your kingdom, that you would expose to us with great clarity the patterns of the world that have made their way into your church and have falsely been called biblical or kingdom. And help us to walk rightly again in love, in light, in wisdom, as Ephesians says. Remind us, Lord, that we are here to serve, not to be served. Rend our hearts, Lord. Revive us again. Restore unto us the things that we have lost over the years as your church. And help us to create again a place where you can dwell amongst us. And we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.